What's good, everybody? It's Keenan in the back of the other day. Welcome to season two, episode seventeen. Welcome back, guys. You know, I'm in the mood to do two for one. So let's just get right into this next topic. I definitely want to get into Pose season three, episode four. Unfortunately, this is the final season of Pose. And I'm so upset about it. But season three has been full of emotions. And this episode is just that. Extremely emotional. So it starts off with Patel getting some bad news about his health. Really knew that, you know, he went to rehab and he was trying to work through his addiction with alcohol. And he ends up getting cancer as well. About the news that the doctor said. And that he pretty much had six months to live. Because there was no cure for, like, he was too far gone to get chemo or anything like that. So. We're going find that out. He ends up going back home. To start making amends, to start dealing with his childhood trauma and just his childhood. It was time. And his mom, played by Sandra something, but I remember her face. And if I'm not mistaken, he played D and the Wayne Brothers. The security guard. That fine sister. Mm-hmm. Cannot forget a face. I may forget the name, I won't forget a face. And then we get on this back on TV. It was an amazing feeling just to see on this. I meant to see her play something different. Somewhat odd. With something completely different than when we remember her as playing. And then we got Miss Jackie Harris. The sister, sister, Miss Landry. The two, two, one. Like, it was just magical seeing them interact. Or one So, Miss Sandra played his mom. And Jackie and Aunt Viv played his two aunts. So, he ends up telling them why he's there. And of course his mom couldn't really do with that type of news. Because who, who can? Like you found out that your, your kid has AIDS. He didn't even get to tell her that he had cancer. He just let it be known that he's dying from AIDS. And that's just so unfortunate. And back in the 90s, like, yeah, it's a lot better now. Like, a lot of people can still live a full life with HIV and AIDS. With the medicine and with this, how the healthcare industry is at this particular moment. But back in the 70s, the 80s, the 60s, not so much. So, he got this horrible news, and now he has to really make amends with a lot of people, and really just learn 
and forgive. But of course, now he has to deal with the demons. And one of the demons being him being exiled out of the church. And of course, we know how black churches are. And if we don't, most black churches aren't very hands and open arms and open arms to the gay community. Last people in the box. So a lot of times you will be asked to leave. Because they'll feel like you're making a choice. And then this um in the scene where his mom was like no his aunt on Rev said the same God that you serve, he made you how you are and all of you are, but you chose everything else. Meaning that he selected to choose to be gay. And I get this statement a lot. I hear this statement around me a lot. I hear this statement in the atmosphere a lot. Where it's a choice. And just like how we did not choose to be black, we did not choose to be male or female, we did not choose our sexuality. We did not choose to be gay. We choose if we want to be on a diet. We choose if we want to smoke or drink. We choose if we want to have premarital sex. We choose what type of food we like. We choose the type of person we want to be. We choose the type of person we want to acquire. Those are choices. Those are preferences. But you do not choose if you're male or female. You do not choose if you're going to be black, white, Indian, Spanish. We do not choose if we're going to be gay or if we're going to be straight. And if we're going to preach the the gospel and we're going to preach the word, God loves everyone and God did not make any mistakes when making each and every one of us. So if you make it seem like being gay is a mistake, then you're the mistake, and then you're not following what God said. It says a lot about people. And when you hit people with that, they sometimes, most of the time, fall back. Because after the day, just like, you feel like you need a gay to sin, so is you having five kids out of a lot. So is you being a hypocrite. Talking about how people back. So I was just getting money off of the the church board. Shall I go on? But he specifically laid it out and read her a little. Like, no, I did not choose to be called a faggot. I did not choose to be bullied and beat up for most of my childhood. I did not choose to be discriminated against my job. Like people who may not understand, but who chooses not to understand. And it's sad that we have to deal with that still. People still feel like it's a choice. We get, we're definitely progressing and getting better and we're going in the right direction, but we're still not where we need to be. An acceptance of anyone. We're not. Acceptance of people who were molested. She told the truth. Another scene where his mother and Jackie, one of the aunts, witnessed and knew about him being molested. 
as a child. I did not save or try to help Faith out. Because I wanted to save Faith to the church. You wanted to do what the church. You wanted to live this wonderful life. Like they imagined. And they left him for dead. And they got mad when he ran away. You didn't protect him. That was your one job as a parent to do. Was protect your child. And you did it. And a lot of parents may not have all the tools. May not know have all the, the no's or how so or how to. But that's something that you, you begin to learn if you really love that person, if you're really supposed to honor and worship and honor and just really protect that person that you signed a paper for, that you brought into this world, or what, however you acquired a child in the ballroom scene, if you became a house mother or a house father. That's your job, that's your duty, that's your responsibility to protect your child. No ever ends about it valid. With this child here, out here, just in general, cracked out, drugged out, sexually abused, and not hurt, depressed out their fucking minds, and no one to talk to. I am one. I'm one who self-soothes. A lot. I was a born like alcoholic. And I would drink as much, as much, whenever I could, to help forget the hate that I had, had and still have sometimes for myself. I drunk to forget. I drunk to just not live in that moment. Do not think of my past. Do not think of what ifs and whys. Just try to live in the moment. Remind me self soothing. I noticed that yeah, me people may have liked me more because I wasn't so in a shell. Or I may have been more outgoing or just out there because I was a product of the world. I was a product of wanting to be liked, wanting to be accepted. And I've noticed for this last month that I've been completely sober, month to month and a week, that I've been completely sober without a drink, how different it is and how much I can really just begin to really do the homework and really begin to love myself for me, continue to love myself for me. I've started, but of course, with alcohol, you have blurry lines sometimes. And now I'm realizing that a lot of people equate fun with drinking, equate fun with letting loose, equate fun equate alcohol and drugs and let loose. That doesn't have to be. So let loose naturally by yourself. That could just be that type of person that you are. Or you may need help like me 
to be out there and go to parties and just dance and break it up and not care who the fuck is fucking and who the fuck I am around. I can be the gayest nigga or the only gay nigga there. And I'm having and getting my whole entire life. For the people who listen, y'all remember when I when out that on that motherfucking dance floor getting my whole life. And just being around people and just interacting and stuff like that and how it's different when you don't drink. And if we can't have fun without there being alcohol involved, then maybe I don't need to be there. Maybe that's not fun. Maybe that's just where you're at in your life. And I think that alcohol is bad or anything like that. Not at all. When I'm ready to indulge again, I will indulge. In moderation, though. Because I can't drink to forget. I still need to be clear. I still need to be level-headed. I still need to be in it fully. But going back to Pose. So he ends up going to the church, his old church that he grew up in. We've seen flashbacks of him when he first kissed the boy in church and got caught. And I believe that boy ended up becoming a pastor of the church. And just how he really just loved to sing. And baby, when I tell you, when he got to his solo, he sung the fuck out of that song. Had me in tears. Like, this episode really just took a lot out of me. And put a lot in perspective in my day-to-day life. And in terms of church, in terms of not necessarily believing in God or believing in that, the aspect of church, but still being somewhat religious. Still believing that there is a higher power, there is a God, but not necessarily believing that the God that you worship is the same God that I, I need to worship person. So as long as we have like we know that there's a higher power and we believe in a higher power, like we're kinda on the same page, but it's different. And when church really back begins to back up the gay community and really hug us and open arms and really kiss us and love us. So that's all we're looking for. That's all we want. And a lot of people go out trying to search for love and other things and other people instead of where they need to get it from. And again, playing devil's advocate, a lot of people don't know how to love, don't know how to be loved, don't know how to give love. So when do we start looking at ourselves and say, you know what? I have to do better. Because I'm the reason why he left. I'm the reason why he doesn't talk to us. I'm the reason why he can't trust me. Or he's scared to love me again. Or he's scared to be open with me again. Prime example, my life. I'm not the closest with my family at all. I don't really talk to my parents at all. I don't talk to my sister. So, like, when I get in my mood and I really feel depressed and really feel, like, extremely lonely and overwhelmed, it's a lot. And I shut people out and I shut down. And that's something that I have to work on. So there are people who want to be there 
but not necessarily don't know how. And I'm granted, as long as you're showing me that you want to be there, but sometimes I don't even give the people the leeway to show me, because I already feel like I want to be hurt, because I've been hurt so many times. Just like everyone else. So... My siblings. For the most part, is off and off. Like my oldest brother, I really feel like I don't, I don't know. I really just don't know. But after he sent my phone, and the pastor got up and hold, held his hand like he was coming to his revelation. He was coming to his importance of this church, of his life, to live in his truth of being a gay man who tried to fight it. And a lot of gay men in the church try to fight it, try to play the straight role, try to play this married life and all this stuff because they feel like that's what is going to appease the the congregation but you're turning your back on God because at the end of the day God gave you what he gave you he gave you the read he gave you the life and he gave you being gay being trans being bi being lesbian like that's what he gave you and at the end of the day like how dare us not living on truth. How dare us say, God, you know what? You made a mistake. I need to be straight. Excuse me? But I gave this to you. Like, I selected you to have this power. Like, this abundance of awareness. I gave this to you. And I know that this life may be a lot. But you can definitely handle it when the pastor got up and really came into that revelation after telling prayer like oh I loved you I always wanted you I know that man I know I had kids but I'm not happy and his wife asking pray like can you give me a sign if he still likes guys like and when Pay told her but you're choosing like being gay is not a choice for me but you're choosing to be with him knowing that he's gay you're hurting yourself. And a lot of women do that. Because they feel like you can change them. Or they can change him. And you can't change someone straight. You can't. You can't change anyone gay. It's always been in them. Like you can help speed up the process per se. In terms of like being raped or and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're gay at all. But that does definitely sway at times, depending on the case. But just be open, be honest with yourself. Just be honest with your spouse or whoever you're with. Because we have to start living in our truth. We have to really start being the fabulous people that we're supposed to be. Post three, post season three, episode four. And then when Jackie 
really turned down an act of forgiveness for knowing that he got molested as a child and did nothing. And Pedro said, I forgive you, it's okay. Forgiveness is key. But it's so hard to forgive. Because you can't forget. And you're not supposed to forget. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people who can't forgive. Me again. Um, I have a problem with forgiving. Because I have a problem with forgetting. I have a problem with forgiving truly. Like, I can forgive a situation or a scenario. But I can never fully forgive the full picture of the damage or of whatever transpired. Can someone help me? Like, how can we really get past the forgiveness aspect? So that we can truly forgive ourselves for our hand in that situation or that altercation or whatever that case could be that transpired. And... How can we get to a point where we are truly happy? Because that's what we all want to be, right? Truly happy. Like, abundantly happy. And a lot of people may say, like, oh, that can never happen. Like, oh, do you really believe in that? True happiness? Like, yeah, like, that's, a, that's supposed to be the goal. Like, that's supposed to be, like, the final mission that everyone's trying to be. I want to get into something else. Healthcare. And how doctors sometimes, depending on your skin, don't give it the same treatment as they would a different skin tone. And it's true. And I feel like, okay, so I just was watching 911 with Angel Bassett. Yeah, so on 911, I watched. The one they're saying, can't get into that gig. I thought it's just a copycat, but it's a copycat light. It's like half the, like half the sweetness, none of the same taste. Yeah, it happens sometimes though. Like you know, but it's doing what it's doing. It's like another engine I could. But this episode mainly was about him, her mom, and her mom going through some health issues and really trying to figure out what's going on with her mom because this white doctor passed her up and said hey there's nothing wrong with her yeah she's dizzy yeah she fainted but you know people faint and that's it so you're telling me you're not gonna run any tests any more tests people just faint and i'm supposed to just sit there and be okay with that absolutely the fuck not i know like I'm gonna need for us to do better. And I'm gonna really need for us to care about our patients. Like that's why I thought med people go to med school and read their med motherfucking books to because they wanna help. They wanna be an asset to the community. They wanna help the community. They wanna help people. That's why you sign up, that's why you go to law school. I mean uh, medical school. And you pass the bar. Not, not the bar. You pass the medical. You, you, med, you med test. And you pass everything that you need to pass. You go through your training. 
to not look at every aspect that could be hurt in the patient. Oh, I'm sorry, is their premium not high enough for you? Are you not getting paid that much from their insurance to even bother to even run another test? Oh, because they're, or is it just because they're black and you just don't care if they live or die? Because, you know, we're the only ones who sit in an emergency room for hours in pain and agony. We need to death there, man. We have to really literally be in coming in with a bloodshot, a, uh, a gunshot to the head for them to want to rush us in. Other than that, they're taking care of our counterpart, our white people first. And it's sad. But it's the truth. But what are we going to do about it? What is our plan of action? So her and her daughter, who is going through the medical process now, because she is a fire, she's a firefighter who's trying to become a doctor as well. She's learning medical stuff to help her with being a fire. And you kill two birds with one stone, get two jacks. Like, yeah. I can help them too. I can do the IV, I can do all that great stuff. I can help save lives more than I already do. So, her and her friends, who she's taking a class with, started rolling down and got, went to the vision board and went to the drawing board. It's where they started drawing down and figuring out what it could be. So if just this equals this possibly, no, but she doesn't have that, but she has that. So does this two equal? No. So let's take this off. Does she have that? So they found out what the fuck was wrong with her. And they caught it just in time. Because if they did not catch that, she would have died. So her daughter saved her life, not the doctor. And the doctor, all the doctor could say is, thank God we found it. And had to have to fucking correct the point, no, but what I found it. Like, we came into your office a few days ago, and you just stuck this packing like it was nothing. Because you didn't care. You didn't care enough to run any more tests. You didn't care enough to see what really we're ruling out, what possibilities we have on the table. To really decipher what it is that's going on. So I always try to get a second opinion. I always try to really figure out what it is. And take whatever matters. Like story time. I recently, a little over a month ago, had a health scare. So we all know how 2020 was. And how 2020 a lot of people probably wasn't able to go to the doctors or get the annual um, blood work done and checkups and all that good stuff unless you had COVID. A lot of doctors not seeing people. So of course, when they started seeing people other than like medical, medical reasons. And so here we are. So I'm getting my blood work done and it comes back. And all my, you know, STDs, all that great stuff is negative. Then the doctor comes to tell me I have diabetes and I was flawed. I really just couldn't believe it because I just didn't know how to process that. And I just didn't know how to handle or manage it. 
but he assured me that we caught it in time and he could put me on meds to then control my blood sugar because it was too high and basically told me I should go on a diet because I was at 220 and that's the highest I've ever been and that's the highest I will ever be after that he also let me know that I had low vitamin D which I already knew that because that's already already been a issue for me and then he said I had high cholesterol and me being a black man high cholesterol runs in a lot of people's family and let's beat this together let's really be proactive so within this month so far I've lost about 15 to 20 pounds so last time I checked my weight when I went to the doctor about a week or two ago I was 15 pounds down and currently I am off the diabetes meds I still do take my sugar take my sugar at least once a day once every two days just to make sure that I am where I need to be but by proactively taking care of your health and making sure that you don't just let that wither and go basically go to shit then do that do all you could for you that's self love and I proactively did that and made sure how important my health is especially only being 32 years old how much life I still have to live how much time I still have to travel the world and do everything I want to do even though of course I'm still working part because I'm so trying to figure out exactly what it is fully I want out of life and what I want to do but so I'm taking in my day so making each day count it's important. But diet is key. For me, hence the reason why I haven't been drinking. Well, one reason why I haven't been drinking. I cut out liquor completely. I cut out all starches. I cut out big meals fried foods, anything fast food. The only thing I've really been eating is I cut out bread. I cut out ice cream. I'm dying to ice cream. But my diet basically consumes uh, fruits and veggies, smoothies, small portions of food, lots of fruits and vegetables, nuts, almonds preferably when I feel like I need a snack I will probably start inquiring or putting in some of the Caesars like the light the lightly salted um, healthy snack peas chips those are good as long as they're healthy I'll try to bring that in to bring in some more different something different because of course, being on a diet of like 
sometimes feel like you're in jail, but you have to be motivated to do this. It doesn't come easy. It is hard as hell. But your house has to be worth it. Your house has to come first. And wraps. I make chicken wraps my best friends. Because I can't have bread. But I can have wraps. Make sure it's like nice and crispy. And breast eggs. What? Um, oatmeal. A smoothie or fruit. And a wrap for breast eggs, but a breast eggs wrap. And for dinner, salads. Salads or fish, shrimp, and chicken. And lots of veggies. So, take care of yourself. Take care of your health. And really just love yourself. One last truth that I want to tell. And I've been kind of afraid to say or afraid to admit. But for, I would say, the past going on like seven, eight years, I've been having dental issues. So it started when I was living in Riverdale and I bought me up a great batch of fried chicken and my tooth chipped and I was in panic with one of my one of my properties. And prior to that I never really dealt with dentists because I was I've been scared. And Just, yeah, I've been scared. So, after that, I kind of let it rock until it started affecting neighboring teeth, per se. And after it started affecting neighboring teeth, then I started to take more care and really figure out what's going on and how I can stop it. So, currently, I am missing three of my front teeth. So if you wonder why I don't smile or why I try not to open my mouth as wide or XYZ, that is it. And embarrassing but it's my truth and as long as you have your truth no one can use it against you and as long as you end up doing something about your truth you're not in the same scenario or in the same situation so I got all three of them taken out and currently I'm waiting for my braces to come in so I can get my, my teeth straightened and then put a bridge over it. So, again, all about self-love. All about loving yourself and understanding your truth and not letting your truth become who you are. And not letting that affect your mood. 
could put you in a depression or put you in a, a funk or mood or yeah. I just had to get that off my chest. But thank you for listening to episode for season two, episode seventeen of Kimuchi's podcast. Of course you can hit me up on IG at Kim Holder. You can also hit me up on no Facebook at Kim Holder, IG Kimi Holder. Let me know what you think. And definitely if you want to be on my podcast, if you want to spit some bars, sing, promote your book, like have serious conversations about artists, about life, about music, about us as black people. Us as people, us as my community, my LGBTQ plus R community, plus I, everyone. Or if you just want to just have a conversation about anything, just let me know. The more the merrier. I definitely want to work with more people. I definitely am open to trying to broaden out my podcast and shake it up a bit. And just let me know what you want hear from me, like what topics you want me to get into, what topics you want me to read, and any ideas y'all have. Thank you again for listening. Laters.